Many are getting weak. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Father, we give you praise. We are grateful to you for your immense presence in our midst. And tonight, oh God, Confirm your presence in the midst of your children with signs and wonders following. Amen. Let your glory be seen. Amen. Anoint these lips of clay. Let them minister oracles. That will be a blessing to your children. Amen. I thank you, God, that tonight your word will come forth in power Hallelujah. and in glory. And everyone over here shall hear your voice. Amen. And our lives will never be the same again. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. And say this after me. Say, Father, Father, I declare, I declare, my heart is open, my heart is open, my mind is ready, my mind is ready to receive, to receive with humility, with humility, your word, your word that can change my life, that can change my life. Declare, I'll be blessed by your word, blessed by your word, I'll be transformed by your word, I'll be transformed by your word, I'll be by your word, I'll be changed by your word. And my life, my life, come on, I want to hear you. My life, my life, will never ever be the same again. If you believe in shout a big amen to the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Have a glory. Can you take your seat in the presence of the Lord? Oh, yeah, my Hallelujah. Say, God is good. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Amen and amen. If you say God, it shows the country you are coming from. When you say God, it shows the country you want to go to. <laughs> amen and amen. So God is good. And all the time, I can see the God people and the God people being formed over here. Amen and amen. Praise God forevermore. This evening, I hope you can hear me. Wonderful. For one or two reasons, I cannot be shouting too much. But let's see where the Lord is sending us to tonight. Amen and amen. Precious Father, take over one more time. Let your glory be seen. Speak to every single one of your children. Let us testify at the end of today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I want you to do something. Shake somebody beside you and tell the person you are welcome to the presence of God. Oh, the person, I tell the person, like you know what you are saying. You are welcome to the presence of God. Hallelujah. Beautiful. We give God all the praise. Open your Bibles with me. I want to read a few scriptures quickly. Uh, and then I'll go share a few thoughts with you. Proverbs chapter number 4, the verse number 18. Proverbs 4, the verse number 18. The Bible tells us that the path of the just, it's like the shining sun 
that shineth ever brighter unto the perfect day. King James says that it is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Take note of the, of the first part of the scripture, the path of the just, which means the way of the righteous, the way of those who have been justified, who have been declared righteous before the Lord, who are having right standing with God. And so more or less the Bible over here is talking about Christians. Why Romans 5, the verse number 1 says that we have been justified, having peace with God through faith. So we are the just that he's talking about over here. Let's look at another scripture, Third John chapter number 1, the verse number 2. The Bible said, uh, Beloved, he was talking to Christians here, he said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. He was talking to Christians over here. The first scripture we read, I alluded to Christians. So here also I wanted to take note that he's talking to Christians. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things, above every other thing that I am desiring, every other thing that I am looking for, this is my immense wish. This is what I'm looking for for you. He said that you may prosper and also to be in health even as your soul does well, as your soul prospers. Let's look at another scripture in the verse number 8 of Joshua 1. Joshua chapter number 1, the verse number 8. And here God was speaking to uh, the the mentee the, 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 the or the protege of Moses who God had appointed to lead the children of Israel into the land of promise when he was looking for a direction on how he was going to become successful in his leadership. Hear what the Lord says to him. He says that this book of the law shall not be Put out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now this part I want you to take note of. For then thou for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you shall have what? Good success. You shall have what? Talk to me, you shall have what? Come on, let us teach each other over here. Let us speak to each other. You shall have what? Good success. Good success. So that means that there is such a thing as good success. Not every success is good success, but there is such a thing as good success. Success that you can testify about. Success that is enduring. Success that is not there today and gone tomorrow. Success that you can, no matter the time, no matter the situation, success that you can rely on. Glory to Jesus Christ. Let's take one last scripture and I want to talk to us today. Psalm 1, the verse number 3. Verse number 3 of Psalm, the chapter number 1. The Bible says that, uh, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living waters. When you start from the verse number one, he's also talking about somebody who fears God. And so here we can also draw the uh, understanding that Christians apply over here. He said that, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not what wither, and whatsoever he does shall what 
prosper, shall prosper. You know, from the scriptures that we have just read, all of them alluding to Christians, you realize that every child of God is entitled to a colorful future and a colorful destiny. We are entitled to a life of color, a life of glory, a life of success, where we are seeing the promises of God come to pass in our lives. Unfortunately, it's not so in the lives of many Christians. You look at a uh, world that shining more and more, or shining brighter and brighter onto the perfect that tells us that our lives are not supposed to be retrogressive. The life of a Christian is supposed to be a journey of prosperity, advancing from one realm of glory to the next, rising up higher the ranks of success. That is how God in his mind, God in his vision, God in his heart sees his children. This is supposed to be the picture of our lives. This is supposed to be the picture of our lives. Look at other words he uses in other scriptures. Prosper and prosperous and good success. None of them are bad words. None of them give us a picture as though the life of a Christian is supposed to go downward. So it's either we believe the word of God or we don't believe at all. It's either we believe that what God is saying is true or there's something wrong with us even sitting here in the first place. Are you understanding me? I'm a man of conviction, and I believe that whatever I do, I must make sure that I am fully and duly convicted about what I'm doing. I don't want to just be marking time or wasting time on theories and ideologies that don't work. So if you are going to live your life, you must live your life based on the convictions that you truly believe in. That if anybody asks you the reason for your faith, the reason for why you are seated here today, can you tell the person uh, something that is tangible, something that is personal, something that is real to you? That this is what I believe and that is why I'm here. And I'm here tonight because of the word of God. I believe that what God's word says is true. I believe that what God has given me written in the pages of the scriptures, they are how my life is supposed to be. Irrespective of how I may be seeing my life going now, or the picture or the character of my life presently. No, I believe the word of God. That is how a Christian is supposed to live. In the book of Psalm verse number 1, what we just read, it, it talks about such a person, your life bringing forth fruit and prospering. He said, he shall bring forth his fruit in his season. He shall not be barren, he shall not be uh, unproductive, but he shall bring forth fruit in his season. It says that his leaves shall never wither. That means that there's no climatic changes in the life of that person. In Ghana, we have two major climatic seasons, the dry season and then the wet season. When the wet season is there, uh, or when we are in the wet season, it is normal to see plants having greenery, nice leaves, nice fruits. Uh, The plants are growing very well. And then we say, take that normal, that we enter into the hamatan or the dry season. Then leaves begin to go green. But the Bible is saying over here that the life of the just, the life of the one who believes in the Lord, is not supposed to be like hamatan weather of Ghana. He says that his leaves shall forever be green. I'll prophesy this into your life tonight. You shall see constant flourishing and prosperity and advancement in your life. Your amen is sick. I said you shall see constant progress in your life. You will not know dryness in the name of Jesus Christ. He said his leaves shall ever be green, shall not wither. Oh my God. The expression of a tree. Most trees, when you see by the stem, you don't know what kind of tree it is. Except you look at what the leaves or the fruits. Sometimes even fruits can deceive. But leaves, a lot of times, tell us what kind of tree that plant is. 
Are you understanding me? So when he says that your leaves shall not be shall not wither, it means that the expressions, the things that identify you, my God, you'll not be identified with poverty. Oh, am I talking to somebody? You will not be identified with poverty. You will not be identified with sickness. You will not be identified with progression. You will not be identified with curses and pain and failure and all kinds of negativities. In the name of Jesus Christ. He says, His leaves shall not wither. And whatsoever he does, he shall prosper. He shall bear fruit in his season. That is a picture of the life of a Christian. But understand this, it takes strong faith to be able to cash in or cash out all the promises of God concerning us. It takes strong faith. The Bible tells us that God made a promise to a man called Abraham and told him that out of your loins, I'm going to bring a seed who is going to bless all the nations of the world. And the man was 90 years, was still not seeing any manifestation. 95 was still not seeing any manifestation. 99 years, that is when he started seeing signs. And it manifested when he was 100 years. And the Bible gives us a testimony that Abraham was strong in faith. Was strong in faith. So when you study the Bible, anywhere there is a major teaching on the subject of faith, the Bible makes a reference to Abraham. And so therefore he was called the father of faith. The father of faith doesn't mean that he is the origin of faith. But the father of faith means that he is the one human being that displayed such faith in demonstration that God had to assign him as an example for us all. Are you understanding me? If you say that the father of captains, maybe you call me the father of captains. You better call me quick, please. Oh, are you people doing that? <laughs> amen and amen. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean that I'm the first person to wear captain, but I'm the first person to ice it and ah, oh my God. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen and amen. I'm the God fash. Godfather, my God, you will go to heaven. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Nowadays, I'm being careful about this thing. You go to heaven, no? because if you go to heaven too quickly, it will not be good. Amen. But we all go to heaven in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So he was called the father of faith. Why? Because his life demonstrated faith. He understood the subject of faith and he lived accordingly. Now his life became not handout for us to learn from. So, Abraham was testified in the book of Romans chapter number four, uh, 4, the verse number 19 and the verse number 20. And the Bible tells us that he was not weak in faith, but he was rather strong in faith. That is why he was able to cash out or cash in the, 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 the promises that God had purpose for him. And then being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. Can you imagine that? Somebody who is supposed to be, have a life of testimony, and the Bible is saying that his body now dead. So, he tells you that life comes with its challenges. But that doesn't mean that you should go down. Are you understanding me? I said, that doesn't mean that you should go down. The fact that you lost money today doesn't mean that you end up in debt. No. You should be, God should be able to bless you so much that even when you lose a little money, you still come up with positives. Yeah, I know that. I believe that. I've lost a lot of money. I've lost a lot of money. But by God's grace, I've also gained a lot of money. Isn't it amazing? I've lost a lot of money. If I tell you some of the money that I've lost, some of you may say, hey, check. This man has money, of course. God has blessed me. Amen. Say, I'm blessed of God. You see, if you don't say it, you don't get it too. That's how I've lived. I live out of my mouth. I live out of my mouth. One day, I, 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 was, I kept making those statements. Ah, I certain girls thought that. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm not poor. I said, I'm not poor. I can never be poor. There's nothing I cannot buy. I said, it was a statement of faith. The girl also thought that, oh, 
it meant that this guy has my chisel. He's chiseling me. <laughs> you know, that's how I was talking to her. I was having 20 guns <laughs> in my whole life. Glory to Jesus Christ. But am I not seeing the manifestation of the devil? Leave out of your mouth. Faith speaks so. You know, the subject of faith is so simple, yet many do not appreciate it. And, and, and the truth is also is that we don't like simple things as human beings. We don't like simple things as human beings. When we are told that this thing, do it this way, and then there's a lot of struggle and a lot of pain, we have a greater propensity to believe that one than to believe that something as simple as speaking, you'll get it. Or believe, and you shall have it. We like difficult, we like to be told that no, go on 14 days, drive fasting. No water, no fruits, nothing. That one you are like, yeah, power is coming, power is coming. If somebody can tell you that, oh, I prayed and God gave me this miracle. And it, just, it was just a too many prayers. You're wondering. But someone says, after 40 days, I waited on the Lord. I waited on the Lord. And then I went through the various dimensions of prayer. Like Elijah the prophet. How he went through the seven dimensions and balances of prayer. He went through the first one. There was no manifestation. I got to that level. I got to that level. Ay, 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 ay. And you see all of us together. Mm, mm, deep. <laughs> deep. <laughs> amen, amen. See, yeah. And then you say, all of a sudden, the young men will start recalibrating their next to Christianity. Hey. They are saying, no, 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 no. I have to do some. I have to do some. Amen and amen. But you see, faith is as simple as speaking. It's as simple as speaking. This month, we are going to learn a lot about faith. We are going to learn a lot about faith. That is one of my apostolic mandates as a, as a servant of God to teach on the subject of faith. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, amen and amen. Now, how did I get to this place? Is that girl now who is called a problem? Amen. Glory to Jesus. But it's a strong faith. And you know, because of the word strong, the propensity of us thinking is something that takes unusual efforts comes to mind. Are we together? If we are saying that, oh, let's, somebody is strong over here. Probably somebody say, ah, this person has been carrying uh, cement his whole life so he can see his body forming. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. But we have some people called Slim Macho. Oh, yeah. You see us as though we have nothing, but we have something. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Please don't underestimate the gentleman over here. Praise the Lord. They, 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 they are, oh, he was the same person in my mind. <laughs> Glory to God. So strong faith, strong faith is very necessary. If we are going to see the manifestation of God's will, I'm, I'm, I'm going along a tangent. Let me come back because it, I would like to talk about that in subsequent messages. But let me come back. Today I want to share with you four things. Four things every Christian can do to build strong faith. Four things every Christian can do to build strong faith. So strong faith has the power to convert trials into triumphs. It has the power to convert messes into messages. It has the power to change tests into testimonies. Pains into gains. Change situations all around. Strong faith. It was a strong faith of Abraham that changed his dead body to become fruitful even at 100 years old. Whilst his wife was 90 years old. It was strong faith. 
The Bible tells us that it was by faith that Sarah was able to conceive and go through to Bethlehem, for it was faith that took her there. Faith literally reversed the hands of time, caused her body to now take on the body of a sweet, sweet year old girl, to be able to accommodate the, the pregnancy and give her the strength to push out strong faith. Faith. Listen, every Christian needs faith. I read a book, I think, by one man of God, uh, Fred K. Price, and he was talking, he, in his book, he said that faith to him, faith is the most important theme of the Bible. I tend to believe him. I tend to believe him. Hebrews 11, 6, without faith is what? Impossible to please God. It is impossible, not difficult, it is impossible. So, no matter what you do, you may not be pleasing God if it is not by faith. Isn't it interesting? You can build a house for God, but if it is not by faith, he says that it is, it, is not, it is not pleasing to him. You can pay the school fees of 500,000 kids or 500,000 adults to go to the university or whatever, but he says that if it is not by faith, it does not please him. You can go to the village and go and get widows and build houses for them, but he says that if it is not by faith, it does not please him. That tells you that faith is so, so important. Your faith is rising. I said your faith is rising. Strong faith. Listen to me. And this one, for the next few minutes, I want you to listen with rapt attention. It's not just the mere ability to take things from God. In understanding the subject of faith, the first mistake you can make as a child of God is to think that faith is used to take things from God. That's the first mistake we often make. Most of the times, uh, in my study of, 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 of the subject of faith, this was one of the things that shocked me. That you don't need, it's not faith that you used to take from God. The moment you say that, <coughs> sorry, the moment you say that faith, I'm using my faith to take an answer to my prayer from God or to take something from God, immediately you confirm that you don't have faith. You don't have faith. You may have hope. You may have expectation, but it's not yet faith. Faith doesn't take things from God. Faith has. Faith has. Are you understanding me? Faith is not what you are going to use to take. By the time you get to the point of faith, the thing is yours. Even though you may not see it. You may not see it physically, but faith says that I have it now. I have it now. And most of, most of the time, so, so you hear a lot of Christians and we speak very religiously. Oh, I'm believing God for this. And ask us, do you have faith? Say, yes, faith. I have faith. How do you, what, what, what do you mean by your faith? I'm believing God for, what you say? I'm believing God. You are already telling me that the thing is in the future. You have not yet received it. But it sounds spiritual, doesn't it? I'm believing God for a wife. I'm believing God for a husband. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. And many people have been stuck in the place of believing and have not moved to the place of faith. Listen, this man, stay with me. Stay with me. We'll be talking into depth in these areas. Believing is not faith. It's one of the biggest shockers I had as I was growing up in the message of faith. Believing is not faith. Believing is not faith. And many Christians, believing will make you righteous. By his faith, that will bring you salvation. Hmm. Believing will make you righteous. Believing will give you some kind of uh, expression before God. But to see manifestation in this world, it is faith. We'll go into the details of it in the coming days. Glory to Jesus. So, faith is not just ability to take things from God. It involves a deep knowledge and awareness of God. When we talk about faith, it's something that is a depth or a deep knowledge and awareness inside you. For instance, if I say that I have faith for this tablet, 
one of the things that you should have in your mind is that the tablet to me is there. It's there. You may not see it, I may not see it, but it is there. One man of God, David Yongicho, of blessed memory today, he said he came to church one day and he said, I have a testimony, church. I was like, hallelujah, pastor has a testimony. And we were excited because the pastor was suffering. He was a poor man. I have a testimony, church. So let us hear your testimony. He said, people of God, I prayed to God, believing him. And I told him that God give me a table, a chair, and a bicycle. He said, when by the time I had finished praying, God gave me a table, a chair, and a bicycle. Praise the Lord, somebody. Everybody was so excited because they were wondering, ah, if you have a bicycle, how did you come to, why did you walk to church today? Now, some recalcitrant church members decided after service, the pastor, we want to go with you to your house to go and what? See your table, your chair, and your bicycle. This pastor too, you'd have thought, he said, oh, I'm going if I go home, I'll go and pass through Aladura and then continue to Mankasim before I even come to, and then come back to South Korea and then go to my house. Uh, he, he took them. They were following him because they wanted to see the testimony chair table and bicycle. They got the open the door and the, door, the whole room was empty as they have known it for ages. And like, ah, pastor, why is your table, your chair, your bicycle? And uh, they are here. So we don't see anything. I am pregnant with my table, my chair, and my bicycle. <laughs> to him, it was there. Do you know what happened? A few days later, he got a table, a chair, and a bicycle. Somebody said, the real Jesus. You know, that is how faith operates. You need to come to a place of awareness of what God has made available. The man, why, if he was, he was looking for table and chair and bicycle, to another person, he should have just gone to work and go and look for something to do to get the table and chair and bicycle. But for him to talk to God about it shows you one thing. He had an awareness and a knowledge of God that God can listen to his prayer. And strong faith has a strong awareness of God. Strong faith is fully aware of who God is. Strong faith, uh, uh, it believes in the immutability of the Word of God. A str- a strong faith is a strong conviction about the existence of God and the immutability of His Word. Look at our, our Papa uh, Abraham that we we're talking about. Let's read something quickly about him from Romans chapter number 4, from the verse number 16 to the verse number 21. You see all the things, all the elements I was talking about. The vows are therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Talking about us all who believe, who have faith. Are you understanding me? So he says that Abraham is the father of us all in that concept of believing God. Praise God forevermore. Now in the verse number 17, he says that, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before whom he believed. Take note of that. Even God. If if you read this carefully, you begin to understand the differentiation between faith and believing and all those things I've been saying. Is that to whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. He called those things which be not as though they were. God speaks of things that are not appearing as though they are already evident. The verse number 18 says that, who, talking about Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. That he might be the father of many nations. According to what was what? Spoken. The immutability of God's word. So shall thy seed be. 
He believed that the word of God was so sure. He believed what God was telling him. Now go to the verse number 19 and see how silly it is to have believed. It was and be not weak in faith. He considered not his own words. Body now what? Come on, read it. Now what? In other words, if his body is dead, how was he going to be a father? How was he going to produce the seed that would make him the father of many nations? And yet he hoped against hope. To him, he was already the father of many nations. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why I believe that? He changed his name. He changed his name even when he did not have any child. The Bible said his name originally was what? Abram. A-B-R-A-M. So A-B-R-A-M. M-M-M. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm trying to come down to those who didn't go to my school. Down to that level. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. He was called Abraham, and he has an encounter with God, and then changes his name from Abraham to what? Abraham. Now, Abraham means exalted father, or assumed father. It's like an honorary title. It's just like some of you call me Papa, even though uh, you are old enough to be my grandmother, or my grandfather. Amen and amen. Like this young lady. Praise God. No, this old lady. Praise Hallelujah. Amen. So, I'm not a father, but she calls me Papa. So, it's an assumed title. And a word of respect. But a guy comes and gathers his whole family and all his servants and everybody in the house and said, from today, don't call me an assumed father. Because from today, I am a father, a real father of many nations. So don't call me Abraham, call me Abraham. Ah, I can just imagine some of the servants say, oh, Papa, the tumors have now entered the head. Oh. It is hard, oh. Suffering no good. Suffering no good. Uh, if he says so, let us call him. But the man believed the word of God. You see, earlier on he was believing. That's why he didn't change his name. But when he got to the, faith, the point of faith, he did something that shows that he actually knew that the thing had come. He changed his name. So to Abraham, his son was real and evident already, even though the child had not been born. Glory to Jesus Christ. Listen to me. The message of faith, we need to understand the intricacies of it. When you understand it, you can work out your salvation, if you're trembling. You can work out your miracles. You can change situations around. Somebody, as you are hearing this word, you are receiving empowerment to change a terrible situation in your life. You are about to change adversities and turn them to testimonies. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said he did not consider his body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Maybe I'm not dead, but what about the, the, my wife? Her womb was dead. She had passed, long past menopausal age. No more menstruation. Nothing that showed that she was physically able to. And yet he still believed the word of God. The madness of it. The madness of it. Oh, get ready for faith convention. By the time we are done with faith convention, some of you will be doing crazy things. People, they will be looking for you. They will say that they want to send you to asylum. Because you understand a certain things. And when you start acting, you need to be paranormal. And the results will show. I said the results will show. I said the results will show. In the name of Jesus. Look at the verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to do. He believed God. Strong faith has the awareness of God's faithfulness. You know, it's different. Many, many times we pray, but some of us pray out of religion. 
We pray because we are told to pray. But it's a strong thing when you are praying. You know who you are talking to. You know, that's why sometimes when we are praying, you see some people open their eyes and then they are looking at others praying. You are not yet aware of God. When you become aware of God, you become your single attention. You take your attention totally. You focus totally on Him when you are praying, knowing who you are talking to. Imagine even me, a man, when you are talking to me and I see you doing other things, I feel disrespected. It tells you that you are not yet fully aware of my presence over there. So you are more aware of what that person is worshiping you, or what you are doing on your phone, or the thing that you are looking at. Strong faith has a strong awareness of who God is. A strong awareness of who God is. And out of this awareness, that's why sometimes we say our faith, our faith, our faith. Our faith over here is not the one that we are using to take things from God. No, it is how we believe our system of convictions. Why are we in church tonight? It's because we have a certain faith in somebody we cannot see. It is our faith. Not necessarily that we are trying to use it to take something or we are praying for a miracle. No, but we just believe. We know somebody. He's in our heart. He is the reason why we are here. Are we together? It is our faith. You need to get, if you don't get to that point where the being is so strong, the doing becomes difficult. You must be a Christian before you act as a Christian. But some are acting as Christians and not yet understanding who they are as Christians. Are we together? Are we together? And that's what strong faith seeks to solve. That's what strong faith seeks to solve. So how do we develop strong faith? Four things I want to mention to you. And it will amaze you. Did you realize that the deepest part of a building is what? The foundations. Are we together? The deepest part of the building is the foundations. You know, we are in a generation, everybody looking for some deep revelation. But the, the, the day the Lord told me that, son, don't be part of those who are looking for deep, 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 deep things. The deepest part is the foundation. Master the foundation. Everything else will come. Everything else will come. So, the things I'm going to share with you are supposed to be our fundamentals in Christianity. It will amaze you that, ah, why will pastor come and waste our time by teaching us these things? You realize that they are necessary. They are necessary. It's because Holy Ghost said, go and teach them these things. Number one. Who can guess number one? Uh, number one. How do you develop strong faith? <laughs> be prayerful. <laughs> be what? Be prayerful. Most of the time we underestimate prayer. And the reason also is because we don't understand prayer fully. We don't understand what prayer actually means. A lot of times we take prayer as the supplicatory aspect of prayer. Where we are going to ask God things. So we come to God, even whilst we are doing That's why when we are saying, we say, let us thank God. People don't even pray when they are saying, let us thank God. They just go, rabba, rabba. Lord, we thank you, Lord, we thank you. Rabba, rabba, Lord, we thank you. Oh, we thank you again in the name of Jesus Christ. So, thanksgiving is not even taken as a very important aspect of prayer. But let us go to, ah, next day about this time, somebody, you have to be driving your car. You want to lift up your voice and begin to pray. Come and see. Yes. People now begin to take things. Begin to pray. Begin to, begin, we begin to push in the realm of the Spirit. But listen, prayer is actually basically fellowship. Fellowship with your object of worship. Fellowshipping with God. Having time with God. Communicating with God. Not necessarily asking Him for things, but spending time and flowing with Him. Flowing with Him. It is building intimacy with God. 
That is what prayer essentially is. The supplicatory aspect of prayer, where we petition for certain things that we need, is just an aspect of what prayer is. But we have turned the table all around, and we have mastered in supplication, and we have not yet mastered in other aspects of prayer. But when you understand prayer, it's about fellowshipping, having time with God, letting it become a daily something that you do. Do it as often as you can. Somebody asked one man of God, ah, God help me remember his name, but he was one of the fathers of, the, of faith, and asked him, the pastor, oh man of God, how long do you pray? He said, I struggle to, understand, uh, uh, to know how long I pray. I, know, I struggle to know how long I pray. Because after I finish praying in my closet, when I'm on the streets, I'm still praying. I'm still praying. When I'm going about my activities, I'm still praying. Why? Because he was very conscious of God. So, he does not wait for his 9 p.m. time of prayer. He does not wait for his 2 a.m. time of prayer. Every time he's in communication with God. So, right there in the, in, at the bus stop, he could be praying. Why? He's aware of God. He's conscious of God. And that is what prayer does. One, that awareness tells you how to pray. And when you pray, you grow in that awareness. It becomes like a cycle, a dynamic cycle, a dynamic cycle. You are working it out. So prayer brings your attention to God. Jesus was a man of prayer. He prayed regularly and sometimes for long periods. Mark 135, the Bible says that in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there was, he prayed. He departed into a solitary place, Mark 135. The, early in the morning, a great while before it was even day, he separated himself, went into seclusion, and the Bible said, Jesus prayed. If Jesus prayed, what are you and I doing? No wonder Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without what? Season. Pray seasonly. Be prayerful is what he was telling us. The more you pray, the more your faith grows stronger. The more you pray, the more you become aware of God. The more you pray, you become aware of the things of God. Prayer turns your focus away from other things and brings your focus to God. The more we say that, let us pray. Naturally, we realize that, our, realize that our minds begin to program ourselves towards somebody or towards what we are about to do. Prayer turns your focus from other things. So you may be going through certain challenges in life. At that point of prayer, your focus moves from your challenges. Let it go to God. That is why we say that don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big your God is. How big your God is. That is the motive of prayer. Prayer, when it is done very well, inspires you. It inspires you. It lets you become aware of the greatness of God. Prayer turns your perspective. It changes your perspective to begin to see things from the, from the perspective of God. Sometimes because of the immenseness of the problem, we get so discouraged, we get so troubled. But when we get to the place of prayer, oh, especially as we begin to worship, worship talks about talking about the greatness of God. When you begin to describe who God is, it stirs up something inside you. Wow, God is so big. God is so amazing. He's able to do all things immediately. Some way, somehow, you begin to see him doing things for you. Your situation now begins to look smaller. If you don't pray much, many problems will look big to you. Many problems will look big to you. But the more you pray, the more you see the greatness of your God. Somebody, the Lord says, be prayerful. Be prayerful. Be prayerful. Yes, you pray the inspiration of the Spirit brings the reality of God. And it's wet to your heart. And faith begins to develop. And then it begins to act. It begins to act. It begins to act. Listen, prayer is so, so important. 
Not necessarily because of that thing that you are looking for. But it builds your faith. It builds your faith. In Acts chapter 9, read from the verse 36 to 41, let us study something about Peter. When he went to pray for the resurrection of Dukas, the or Tabitha, the Bible said, now there was a Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dukas. This woman was full of good works and arms deeds, which she did. It came to pass in those days that she was sick and she died, my God. Whom, when they had washed, so she was dead, they had washed their body. They laid her in an upper chamber. For as much as Lida was nigh to Joppa. Now, Joppa was where Dorcas was, but Lida was another town close by. And Peter was in that town. He had been ministering to them and was praying for the sick over there. So they had heard that Peter was in what Lida. Listen to what happens after that. The Bible says that, And the disciples had said that Peter was there. They sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would, he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him weeping and showing their coats and their garments which Dorcas made, while she, made while, she was, she was, uh, while she was with them. And look at this. Look at what happens in the verse number uh, 40. The Bible says, And Peter, but Peter put them all forth. Now give me the New King James Version if you can. Now Peter put them all out. In other words, he drove them all out of the room. And what did he do? He knelt down and he prayed. And after that, what did he do? And turned into the body. Now, I wish, let's cut the picture. Get, enter into the room with Peter in your mind. Imagine you see a dead body lying over there. Come on. Even seeing a dead body already is past hopelessness. It means that this situation is beyond help. But look at what happened. The Bible says he turned away from the body. And then he knelt down to pray. Why? Because he knew that just communicating with his God will inspire his faith to see the situation in a different way. If Jesus could know that Lazarus was dead and still say that the man is sleeping, perspective. What am I talking about? Perspective. Perspective. Prayer changes your perspective. Prayer changes the way you look at the situation. Prayer makes the situation look smaller than, than, smaller than it is in your eyes. The Bible says, he knelt down and he prayed. I believe as he was praying, the anointing began to stir up in him. Oh my God. You know, that's why whenever I come for miracle service, we pray and then we begin to minister. So, so sometimes I come in and I, I, I really don't know what I'm going to do because sometimes I come in without any inspiration. I come in not knowing what God wants me to do. And when we begin to pray, all of a sudden my eyes begin to open. All of a sudden we begin to see things. All of a sudden I see all the sick people in the room healed. Every problem becomes possible. Now I know I can help people. Why? I have prayed and there's been an inspiration. Nothing looks too difficult for me anymore. That's why you see I become so bold. I become so bold and I begin to speak with very lofty words. Why? Something has changed. Faith has been set up. And that is when miracles are following. Miracles are manifesting. Prayer changes your perspective. He prayed and then he turned and said, Docas, you cannot be dead anymore. It's not possible for you to be dead. Look, the Bible says he turned and he spoke to the dead body. How do you speak to a dead body? It means that you don't recognize that death, the body is dead. You talk to a body that is living. Are we together? So, after he had prayed, his perspective changed. He did not see that body as dead anymore. My God. 
this message I'm preaching to you, I preached it in a dream. I'm just remembering. He did not see the body as dead. The body had changed in his eyes to a living body. And so he said, Dockers, rise up. Dockers, rise up. Why? The body was now alive. How did he get to that dimension of faith? Prayer. Prayer. Glory to God. So be prayerful. Be prayerful. Be prayerful. The second thing I want to talk about is meditation. Meditation. It looks as though nowadays we don't hear much about the subject of meditation. But if you don't meditate as a Christian, your faith will not get to certain levels of strength and power. Meditation actually drives God into your spirit. I don't know whether you understand me. God is in your spirit, but then I'm just trying to make an emphasis over here. It drives the reality of God into your spirit. In the Hebrew, the word meditate is Hagar, 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 Hagar. Joshua chapter 1, the verse number 8, I read it earlier. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt Hagar, meditate on it day and night. That word Hagar means to imagine. It means that to play with the word in your heart and in your mind. To revolve the word. Think about the word of God. Imagine. Visualize the word. That's why I told you that let us go into the room with Peter. I'm telling you, use your mind. Travel with me in your mind. That's what, simply what meditation is. When we understand meditation, we realize that we have been meditating all the time. But it's just that we have been doing the wrong meditations. Do you know worry is meditation? When you are worrying about a situation, the situation has not yet happened though. But you have gone to the end of the situation. And some even get to the point where you have died. You know, in your mind, you are dead. <laughs> You bury yourself. You even see me praying over your, your, your grave and saying, that, Ah, ashes unto ashes, dust to dust. Let us, let us all go to the Lord. And then I say, Get the most and let us start drinking. <laughs> amen and amen. Worry. Worry is meditation. You keep turning the situation in your mind. But in the, in the case of worry, you always see the negative aspects. You always see the negative aspect. And it has an effect on you. It breeds fear. It destroys faith. Meditation, on the other hand, is about imagining the Word of God and the possibilities of the Word. Listen, like we just read in Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to 41. Look at the story of how Peter brought Dorcas back to life. My God, a young man of God who is looking at an anointing to raise the dead. This is something you meditate on. You keep, oh my God. Even just thinking about it, staring up an anointing in me. Wow. He prayed. And then he spoke to the body. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, you see the name Peter gone from the Bible. And Ima. Hey! Now you start seeing yourself. And Ima spoke to the body. Oh, and then he starts jumping on his own. You think he's mad. He's meditating. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Now, you carry yourself into the Word. Many of us. Have the word of God on the outside. But when you meditate, not only does the word go into you, you enter into the word. Many years ago, the Lord told me to leave from the word. And leave from the Bible. Leave from inside the word. That's what meditation. That's why thou shalt meditate therein. You shall meditate in it. There's a difference between meditate in it and meditate on it. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Now this is a laugh. Just think about it. Meditate therein. 
There is a point of meditation when you get into the Word. All of a sudden, you start traveling with Jesus on the road. Spiritually, you are carried to the situation. The situation is no longer a story. It's a present tense reality for you. You see the woman with the issue of blood. You see her coming through the throng. You see Jesus stopping. You see her blood disappearing. You see Jesus speaking to her. You see her touching the, the, the hem of Jesus' gun. Everything is like a, a video to you. Meditation. Imagination. Oh, at that point, God begins to speak to you. Makasho Talavrandia. I cannot tell you. The, the greatest aspects of my Christianity were born out of meditation. Meditating on the Word of God. Listen to me. It is a fundamental aspect of Christianity. The early church, they did not consider this something to be taught about. Because it's something that they did every day. It was normal to the Christians, to the early church. Meditation. Unfortunately, many in our day today, we don't even consider meditation. If I'm to ask a question right now, how many of us have spent time meditating in the Word of God today? I'm going to get less than 80% over here. Are we together? It ought to not be so. These are the fundamentals of our faith. Meditation. Meditation. It means to imagine. It means to mutter. So, meditation has levels. There's a dimension where you are thinking about it in your mind. But as it gets to a certain point, you begin to speak it. For God should love the world. What are you saying? You are speaking it under your breath. You are murmuring it. You are muttering it. For God should love the world. Oh, the world? But the world is a sinful place. For God so loved the world. Wow. That means that he must have loved all sinners in the world. Are you seeing it? Is that what's written in the Bible? I see my meditation is opening it up more for me. It gives you a deeper extent of seeing the thing that God has said. For God so loved the world. Start speaking it to yourself. So sometimes you know about reading so many chapters in the Bible. But pick that one line. Pick those few verses and begin to meditate on them. Listen, can I tell you the truth? One depth of insight and encounter in one line of scripture through meditation can sometimes be 10 chapters in a day. In fact, almost all the time, if you meditate on it. And as much as you want to finish the Bible, make meditation a priority. I got to know aspects of the Bible that I've never read before when I was meditating on another part altogether. Because the truth in those other areas were brought to me by the Holy Spirit. Later I went to read them and I was like, ah, this was the conclusion I came to the other day. Meditation. It opens up the spiritual truth. So in Psalm 119 verse 130, it says that the entrance of that word gives a light. Light. That's what I just spoke to you about. It gave me visions. I could see other parts of the scriptures without reading it. And bring understanding to the simple. Entrance. The focus was not the words. The focus was entrance. Entrance. Today, which word has gained entrance into you? Entrance. Entrance of his word. The entrance of his word. Give a light. The entrance of his word. Give a light. That word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You cannot see where to go. You cannot now see what to do. Listen, many of us are in confusion because we don't meditate on the word. Meditation has always formed the basis and the pivot of my decision-making in life. Whether in ministry, finances, whatever. Pick the word and start meditating on it. Many of us pick our problems and start meditating on it. It doesn't give life. It is meditation on the word of God. 
That brings life. It brings life. The world has with you. They are what? Spirits. And they are alive. Glory to Jesus Christ. I said glory to Jesus Christ. Joshua 1 verse 8 said, Thou shalt meditate on it day and night. Psalm 1 verse 2 said, By his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he what? Meditate day and night. Then verse 3 now becomes a reality. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Why? Because he meditated on the word of God in verse number 2. Meditation. I told you today I'm just giving the fundamentals. And these are actually the deepest things in Christianity. The deepest things in Christianity. Prayer. The word. Meditation on the word. Number three. Let me give you the two last two quickly. Listen to inspired, spirit-inspired messages. Listen to the word of God that has spoken under inspiration. Some of us, we don't listen to messages. But you see, listening to messages can cause you to travel faster in the spirit. Gives you deeper insight in, uh, in, in the word of God. Why? Because somebody who has been anointed by God is communicated to you. The Bible says that the anointing shall teach you all things. And yet he gives us teachers. There's an anointing that teaches you the word of God you are meditating. But there's also an anointing that teaches you when somebody who is anointed is teaching you. It's pride that says that, oh, because God, Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit that is in that man of God, so I can also meditate and guess it. It's pride that is speaking. It's pride that is speaking. A truly humble person will submit to the word of God. Say that, I'll give you teachers. I'll give you pastors after my own heart to feed you with knowledge and wisdom. Listen to messages. Today on uh, one of our leaders' platforms, or this today, yeah, this today, I posted a message preached by one man of God, and he preached it all the way in Bogatanga. Yet the message carries life. And I said, everybody listen to this. I don't know how many of them listened to it, but then it was an inspiring message that corrected, that directed, that gave us insight on how we were supposed to live our lives as leaders. He preached it under the anointing, yet I will, I'm benefiting from it today. I'm benefit, benefiting from it, even though I wasn't there. Listen to messages. Listen to messages. Many times, when you are looking for faith for a particular thing, go and get messages around that area and listen to them. When the Lord called me to come into the ministry to quit my work, uh, uh, my work uh, uh, as the head of department in uh, one of the uh, circular companies in Ghana, a factory, I was wondering how I was going to survive. Because this is not, I'm, I was used to getting money in, the, in, in several thousands. And now, as a pastor, who is going to pay me? Who is going to take care of me? How is that going to survive? How is that going to survive? How is that going to survive? He wasn't speaking. I came, experienced some ahuntere, some one or two months. I said, this thing cannot be. And I lie. God forbid. Hey, it's no good though. What did I do? I went to the Bible, started looking for Lord, I'm not the first person you called into the ministry. Before I came into being, there were people you called into the ministry right from the Bible days. And I started studying how does God take care of people that He has called into the ministry. I started studying it. Wrote about nine different channels of supply. As I studied from the Old Testament through the New Testament. Then I went to YouTube, started listening to messages on supernatural financial prosperity. 
I have my notes that I took up to today. Some of us, when we are listening to messages, we are sleeping. We don't even take notes. And you say you are listening to the message. The message was actually listening to you. You don't take notes. Oh, I've listened to this man, Apostle this. I've listened to hey. Okay, the last message he preached. What did he say? Oh, you know, deep color to deep. His spirit was speaking to my spirit. My mind was unfruitful. You can you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Listen to messages. I listened. By the time I was done, I went through that exercise for about three months. Three months downloading before I realized my faith opened up. All of a sudden, when I saw a seed, I started getting results. My tight things started working. From that time, about five years ago up to now, there's no seed I can remember if there's some of it. I've sown or tithes I've given. That didn't give me sometimes almost 24 hours results. It's serious. What had happened? I had received faith through listening to messages and through meditation. And that is how the miracle. My faith now became stronger. But that I started seeing change of stories. Listen to messages. Oh, this message I'm sharing with you, it's going to be uploaded on podcasts. A paid for platform. And yet some of us are not going to download it for free. And when you are listening, listen good. And open up your heart. So listen to messages. Listen to messages. Tell someone beside you, listen to messages. Oh, the person didn't hear you. Listen to messages. Romans 10 verse 17. So faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing the word of God. In Acts chapter 14 verse 8 to 10, there's something that happened I want to share with you. In the ministry of Paul. The Bible that there sat a man of Alistra, impotent in his feet, and be a cripple from his mother's womb. Who had never walked before. The same, the verse number nine, listen to this. The same heard Paul speak. The man was a layman, he could not walk. He had never walked before. Can you imagine how his legs were by that time? Because the Bible describes him not as a boy, but as a man. So, meaning he should be about 18 years of age. So, the man heard Paul speaking. What are you hearing? When Paul observed him intently, he seeing that he had faith to be healed. Where did that faith come from? A hearing. Oh, somebody's not getting it. I don't know how Paul saw the faith. But sometimes when I'm in the service, I see the people who have faith. Sometimes you can see the responses. Glory. You can see sometimes the expression of the person's faith. You can see that the word is gaining entrance. Paul looked at the man and saw that because the man had been hearing, the messages you hear, it produces strong faith in you. If, if you are going to be, other than that, you will have a topsy-turvy Christianity. Today you have a testimony. Today you are suffering. Today things will happen. Tomorrow nothing is happening. It's as though your life is going up and down, up and down. But we just read that the part of the jazz is like a shining sun. That shines what? Brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. It's just like, let me give you a picture of that scripture. It's just like when the sun comes out at, in the morning, say 5 a.m., 6 a.m., do you see the full blast of the light? No. What happens? It keeps shining brighter and brighter until somewhere around noon. That's when the perfect day has come. That's what the Bible is saying. Your life is supposed to, be, is supposed to keep shining more and more until the full light has manifested. Not up and down. Not up and down. Not up and down. Today marks the end of up and down in your life. So, listen to the messages. The more you listen to these messages, the more you are transformed in your thinking. 
So you manifest the words I hear. Romans 12, 2. Go and study 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. One last point. How do you develop strong faith? Some tell us, whisper to the person beside you. It's a secret. Whisper to that person, soul winning. Uh, see, because you have not been doing soul winning, you don't want to say that. You don't you know your person will say that you have you won souls. Soul winning. No, pastor just wants us to preach and he's trying to add it to the message. No! So winning has an ability of stirring strong faith in you. The Bible tells us that, and the Lord working with them, confirming the words with signs and wonders following. Anytime you speak the word, faith is inspired in you yourself. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, said this book of the law, meaning the word, shall not depart out of your mouth. Did you just, didn't you find it interesting that he, he used that before he even said, and you shall meditate every day and night, and before he said that you will do it. This is speaking the word has an impact on you. The more you tell others about God or about Jesus, the more you yourself become aware of him. So winning, in as much as it says the soul of the person you are speaking to has an impact on you. My greatest miracles that I've seen in my ministry have been when I've been sharing the word of God with others. You want to see God's power in your life. Tell people about Jesus Christ. Share your testimony with people. Share your God with people. Somewhere, somehow, your God will begin to manifest in your life. God will confirm His word in your life. Reach out. Tell somebody that, no, I want you to come to church. I want you to come to church. Paul said, I waste me by preaching on the gospel. Said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for therein lies the power of God unto salvation to as many as believe. Listen, if you are not a preacher, and this is very true, because of time I cannot even explain much further, I believe you me. If you don't, and you are not somebody who shares the word of God with people, you will never be able to rise to the full extent of your faith. There will always be a limitation to your faith expression. Nobody has ever stepped into the full expression of the word of God concerning their life without sharing the word of God with others. Tonight, four things that can inspire strong faith. Number one, be prayerful. Number two, meditate in the word of God. Number three, what was number three? Listen to messages. And then number four, soul winning. Rise up to your feet, everybody. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. I don't know what you have heard from the Lord tonight, but I believe God has spoken to us. Wherever you are, just begin to speak to the Lord. Tell the Lord to help you in your faith. Tell the Lord to help you in your Christianity. In the name of Jesus, whichever area you have slugged in, may God begin to quicken you and strengthen you. Talk to the Lord right now. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website, www ebenezeropolipa.com or call 0546 God bless you.